You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined as always by Jeff Clark Barnes. And you guys, <laughs> today, maybe always he's Mr. Class, but today he is not Mr. Class. He is Mr. Birthday Boy, Jordan Smith. <laughs> what is up, you guys? Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Too bad I am not drinking for my birthday. I am still on antibiotics from when I got my wisdom teeth out last Thursday. <laughs> bummer <laughs> oh that's all right just save it for the weekend I yeah guess. you know that's forward to it. i've heard i've heard that actually spending your birthday on antibiotics is vastly superior than drinking <laughs> yeah i mean that's what happens when your birthday lands on a wednesday you know all you get is good hump day jokes and uh, happy birthday i had no idea Oh, thank you. I only knew because I logged into Twitter or when I w- went to your Twitter page to retweet. Um, and this is a subtle plug, not a subtle plug. It's an actual plug. Everyone remember last week when we just talked about uh, um, Lamar Jackson for hours and hours and hours. Jordan did a whole write up about Lamar Jackson on faketeams.com about why he's a QB one, both in fantasy and in actual football. Go read that. But anyways, I logged on. I went on to Jordan's pay, uh, Twitter account to. Uh, to retweet that and i suddenly was overwhelmed by balloons and i was like oh <laughs> shit it's jordan's birthday and i'm going to save that little factoid to open the podcast with because i am a fantastic host so there you go if i say so myself awesome great hosting oh stop it you fine work Pete. fine work um on the topic of hosting as the host as a great host uh we have a lot a lot to, t- to cover here there's been a lot of news in the nfl we're going to be doing um nfl free agency beer bets which is always going to be a, a whole bunch of bunch of fun and then we're going to introduce a new segment so we got a lot to cover um and so we're going to jump right into things but before we do uh i'm going to quickly hijack the podcast for my own personal gain uh in one of my i just in my first mfl uh 10 fantasy league I am picking at the number two spot. And so I've already started my draft with David Johnson and Christian McCaffrey. And I'm now currently sitting at 302. And so I asked the internet, the Twitter sphere, um, whether or not I go, do I take Gronk at 302? Do I take a tight end? Um, Or do I go get a wide receiver? That's kind of now in like the uh, Brandon Cooks, Larry Fitzgerald, Doug Baldwin, Alshon Jeffrey range um, at this pick. Cause my, the dilemma is, is that since I'm picking at three Oh two, I don't pick again until four eleven. The internet gave me no f-ing help because I'm currently, my poll is tied at taking a tight end and taking a receiver. So that's no help. So I'm turning to you guys. What should I, what should I do with a three Oh two? Wait, can you explain uh, what is this league? Is it like a dynasty league or what Clark, do you, you, you explain? Cause you were the one who coaxed me into this. 
It's a it's a best ball league. They used to be hosted by My Fantasy League, and they were called MFL Tens because it's a ten dollar entry. They've recently uh, that system has been purchased by Fanball, so it's a best ball league. Two running back, three wide receiver, flex quarterback defense. Uh, you pick twenty people, and it's just kind of set it and forget it. Uh, there will be more on this for all of you interested around Monday on faketeams.com. I'm going to write an MFL 10 primer going into what they are and how you can sign up and my strategy. I've been doing these for about three years and to me, they are incredibly fun. They really hope you really help you hone your drafting skills come, you know, the traditional fantasy draft season. And the answer to your question, Pete, is you take Gronk. Yeah. That's what you I'm have. You have a chance to get the absolute number one guy at a position or a good player in Brandon Cooks or whatever. Now you're just going to have to pick more wide receivers, I think, than you usually would and hope that you can cobble together a team and be okay at wide receiver. That's what yeah, I mean. that's my that was my inclining. And I just wanted to, I wanted to confirm that I wasn't being a Patriots homer and being like, well, Gronk is definitely the, the right play here. Um, but um, good to hear that that I am not just being a homer. To be fair, I have always loved Gronk too much, and several times it has gotten me in trouble. That is a risk I'm willing to take. And so, in fact, I'm going to just take your... Uh, take your uh, take your advice to heart. There you go. Just selected Gronk. So that is some live <laughs> drafting on the podcast, you guys. Um, that is how we do it here. Let's move on to the NFL news, because we have oh so much to cover. Uh, let's start with... The beginning of the end of the Legion of Boom. Um, basically, we all knew this day was coming, but the Seahawks seemingly are blowing up their defense. Uh, there's been lots of rumors regarding Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, and we'll get to those. But uh, the first tangible uh, breaking down of, of this uh, defense that has been around and so, so... Uh, such a stalwart in the NFL for so long. Uh, the Eagles traded for Michael Bennett. Uh, the Eagles gave up a, let's see, what did they give up? A fifth and Marcus Johnson, who I guess is a wide receiver, uh, to the Seahawks for, and the Eagles received in turn, Michael Bennett and a seventh round pick. Um, because naturally the Eagles, what they needed was pass rush, right? You guys, uh, clearly <laughs> their pass rush was lacking. Um, and so they get a fantastic pass rusher. And now this makes Vinnie Curry, uh, expendable and so my guess is they'll try to move on from this but this is again this is howie roseman this is a uh, genius genius team construction where you can never have too many pass rushers michael bennett is still a very productive pass rusher get him onto that team uh and you're giving up a fifth round pick for him yeah i'd make that trade in a heartbeat yeah i would definitely make that trade because that allows them to just blow up opposing line of scrimmages with um with Fletcher Cox, with Brandon Graham, uh, Derek Barnett was definitely coming on towards the end there. Uh, I don't know if they're going to retain Chris Long or not. Uh, he's still got something left in the tank. And now they can just rotate in Michael Bennett, who can play inside and outside. So it's it's a rich getting richer scenario, and they didn't really give up a whole lot to get him. Yeah, I think for the salary that they're going to have to pay and for what they gave up, just a very solid move. Not the most exciting thing in the world, but... A- Good, solid football move. And I do, I, I respect the Howie Roseman and the Eagles building basically like the number one activist 
team in the NFL where especially there's like all of these kind of chitty chats about owners and, and uh, coaches, or I guess mainly just owners being kind of like, uh, Ooh, we're going to be very stingy against players who have protested at all. Um, it's nice to see a team that's like, Hey, you, uh, you want to stand up for social justice? Come to, come to Philly. So, you know, small victory there. I'll take that. Uh, I like that it's causing a snowball effect around the league. Like other teams are just wheeling and dealing now. And uh, I mean, it's it's kind of like the the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl with the good pass rush, how that trickled into other teams. Everybody's like, oh, now we got to get a pass rush. That's what worked. We don't necessarily need a quarterback. And now it's, oh, the Eagles built a Super Bowl winning team by drafting well and signing free agents and trading for players. Holy cow, let's go. Let's get into the trade market. We've already talked about this on the podcast and and made allusions to it that people have been saying that this is going to be a off season for trades and we already we have some others to talk about uh on today. So, it's hopefully everything's shaping up for it to be a very exciting off season. Um building into that, Richard Sherman, uh according to Mike Silver, nfl.com's Mike Silver, Richard Sherman will be released, I'm told, within the next 2 days. Um I thought that he could have been traded. There were rumors going around that he was going to be traded, but it seems like there's no market for them. Uh, Jordan, you were the you at first. You've already gone on record expressing just uh, complete di- disdain for the near mere notion of Richard Sherman ending up in New England and playing for the Patriots. But now, I mean, if you're a free agent getting released and you have a free choice where you're going, uh, is there a better option than New England for him? Uh, there's a, a nice place up in the north called Green Bay, Wisconsin, that a lot of people would love to see. Him ah, of course, um, they would. the only thing that worries me particularly and not just for any team, but I think this is why his trade value is kind of non-existent at this point is one. The Seahawks can cut him without any sort of dead money left on their books. So it's like, why would you trade for him right. if you know they can do that? And two, he's coming off a pretty significant injury. What is it? His Achilles, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, yeah, a complete tear of his Achilles, which is, yeah, a real real thing to come back from. Which, yeah, that's a problem for any position, let alone a cornerback that relies on backpedaling and being able to turn your hips and move. So I, I think, you know, barring any sort of setback with a um, – a failed physical it's like what can he truly contribute this coming football season because it was a really late in the year injury for Richard Sherman and he might not even be ready to start he might not even be ready to go midway through the season there's a lot of variables here yeah it's tough uh at corner you have to be quick and I think this is his second Achilles injury I think he's at least injured both of them and you know, I hope I hope he comes back. Interesting player to watch, but this one's this one's really tricky when you're around that 30 year old age mark, and you're you've got hurt ankles, knees, or I guess in this case Achilles. So we'll see. I think his I think it will obviously bring down his price probably, but I think also what it's going to do is I think you'll have to teams will have to implement him differently than he's been implemented in the past. My guess is, and this is pure speculation, but just coming off of an injury like that and getting up in age is he probably won't come back as that 
shut down island corner that he has been for his entire career where you can just plop him on the left or right side and you don't have to move safety coverage over there. You don't have to do anything. You're just confident that that side of the field is shut down. That being, but he's still a exceptionally large corner who is very physical at the point uh, and can press. And so I think you now instead can implement him as a, as a big corner at the line who presses and maybe you all, you still have to, maybe you now have to assign uh, safety help over the top to him. Um, but you have to do that with most every other corner. So it's not necessarily like he's a detriment. And I think his ability to press and still play the ball and be very physical at whatever six, three that he is. Um, I still think he has a, a lot to offer. And I mean, speaking as a very, very unbiased Patriots fan uh, would absolutely love to see him paired with uh, Stefan Gilmore in that secondary. I think that would just be a beautiful tandem because I think Gilmore showed us in the Super Bowl that if he is on, he can be that guy who doesn't necessarily need safety help over the top. And so, I mean, imagine having Gilmore being able to lock down your receiver, put him, you can do the same thing that they used to do with Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan, where they would put Malcolm Butler actually on the team's second best receiver, Logan Ryan on the first best with safety help. Um, so you can implement something similar like that. Uh, finally, in the destruction of the Legion of Boom, the Seahawks are now, and this has been talked about for a while now, this is not coming uh, as a surprise to anyone, uh, are now listening to trades for Earl Thomas. My question is, with all of these moves that the Seahawks are going to have, I mean, if once their team is just now average, do all these bandwagon fans are just like, well, is it worth it anymore? I don't know. Their fans got pretty active in 2013 suddenly. So uh, I don't know. When, Are they uh, just going to go back into hibernation? <laughs> I mean, they might. They don't have a basketball team to root for. Um, I, I don't know. When uh, Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson gets to that locker room this coming offseason, they, they might not even recognize any of the players in there. Um, Russell Wilson's 29 already believe it or not that guy is 29 already and he's going to be 30 in november so it's like i don't these are his prime years bobby wagner's a little bit younger but i don't seattle is pretty good at kind of restocking the cupboard but now it just looks like they're just doing a complete teardown yeah i'd love to see them pivot to feature russell wilson instead of featuring the defense and that's kind of the hope i'm holding out for here they're they had such a great reputation for drafting all of these awesome guys late, but it's been several years since they've done that. So they need to pull something together. And I would love to see them pick up one of these free agents that we may discuss later in the show. Ooh. Um, and I also think, cause we played Brown's GM last week. Um, and so I'm still in the GM mindset. I also think that this is the right methodology going towards a, not a rebuild, I guess, because you still have, like you said, you still have like Bobby Wagner uh, and Russell Wilson and key kind of guys on both sides, but maybe a retooling. A lot of teams tend to kind of be like, well, we're going to, you know, maybe add a new piece here and maybe add a new piece here, but we're going to try to work around the established pieces we have, as opposed to just being like, hey, we've had this group of people for the last five to seven years. It's gotten us a Super Bowl. It's gotten us to be a, you know, in the upper echelon of the NFL. We've had a few kind of crummy years. Let's sell all these guys and let's bring in a whole new batch and let's see what we can do with that batch. Uh, 
it does rely on your ability to scout and kind of uh, and bring in talent that you think is going to be successful in coaching. And it also helps when you have Russell Wilson behind center. You have a, a top five quarterback. Um, obviously, you can't do this kind of retooling uh, if you don't have yourself a, a legit franchise quarterback. But, you know, I think it's something I think it's a, a methodology that teams seem to shy away from. But I'm I'm very much on board with it, where it's just kind of like. We've tried this out. It's not working. Why bother keeping some of these pieces and trying to fit in other pieces? Let's just scrap it and let's kind of put in a whole new plan and see what happens. I like it. Yeah. And to your point too, Clark, at some point it does end up getting pretty difficult, always drafting at the back end of the draft. Um, Your chances of hitting a blue chip like stud often decrease i feel like in the first round at least so it's it's interesting to see how teams can react to that and i I think with john schneider still there that they'll be able to get back into prominence pretty pretty quickly yeah Yeah, as long as you have one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl you're never too far away yeah you're you're fine um speaking of bennett's the patriots have released martellus bennett um move makes plenty of sense it frees up a bunch of cap space. I don't really Which think- one of you is more upset about this? This is an interesting dynamic. With Which one Packers of us is fan. more upset about this? I Maybe am to- completely totally on. Board with on. Oh, and then the, the the Packers that he completely just decided to quit on and say that he was injured. He got traded, and on the flight, apparently, the changing pressure of the air healed his injury. <laughs> like the flight gate. <laughs> yeah. Flight gate. I'm uh, totally fine with it. I have no problem with him coming in doing literally nothing and then getting released. He already put it. He already gave us a good year. Gave us a Super Bowl last year, so I'm chill. Yeah, I'm over here sipping tea because he <laughs> he forced his way out of Green Bay, dragged the team doctor on the way like to New England, and then was playing again. Like I, I respect like wanting to play in a system that's going to utilize all your talents and everything like that. But come on, man, as soon as Aaron Rodgers went down, you could just tell the, sh- the tone with him shifted a little bit. There is no better chance for us to get a athlete on this podcast than heckling Martellus Bennett to the point where he feels that he needs to rebuttal our claim. So we're going to wildly speculate that Martellus Bennett has given up on football and doesn't care anymore. Uh, and if you want to uh, counteract these bold claims that we are saying, Martellus Bennett, come on to the podcast. We'd love to have you because we speak to the masses of the football audience and to many, many coaches and GMs. Uh, they all listen to us. In fact, we were the most popular podcast at the NFL Combine. Stats don't lie. Yeah. Um, True fact. And so when we say these things, teams listen. Um, so Martellus, if you want an opportunity to kind of uh, fight these rumors, we'd welcome you on. Moving on in the news, um, Le'Veon Bell got franchise tagged. That's obvious. I don't feel like there's much to say on that note. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys, uh, NFL guys, keep in mind, uh, I saw an interesting tweet from Kirk Cousins today, something along the lines of, hey, since the first time in 2007, I get to pick which team I play for. <laughs> so you guys keep that in mind when you're screwing over rookies and putting them in these long deals and allowing the franchise tag. You know, if you get to choose where you get to play, you might get a better contract. 
I just think that the NFL would be a better place without the franchise tag. It would just be more exciting. Let let if the Steelers don't want to cough up and give Le'Veon Bell a full a full you know guaranteed contract or whatever he's searching for, then screw it. They don't deserve to have him. Let them let some other team give that to him. Let another team that's willing to give Le'Veon Bell a full guaranteed contract for the next five hundred years. Let them take him. Let them have him and enjoy his his talents and skill. Yeah, it's super nice if you're in a place where you want to be and that the team wants you as well, maybe just to get an extra deal to figure something out. But Le'Veon Bell wants to get paid. Like, he even tweeted, I think, like, I haven't decided if I'm going to even, like, participate or play. We'll see how I feel or something like that under the franchise tag. So I'm like, well, you can only tag a guy so much before they eventually get sick of it. I think you should have, like, a one-time lifetime use on a player and And like that's the in the whole the whole like the the way that the nfl has constructed to combat that to combat right keep tagging the same person is that the salary or the cost of the tag increases but with the rise in the salary cap that that kind of like financial impact has kind of been mitigated right no longer is it like such a catastrophe to hold on to these players or or pay that franchise tag in complete guaranteed money like look at Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins was excuse me making a mint out, out of the expense of Washington because they just could they could keep franchising ta- franchise tagging him until eventually they were like well we need to move on to another direction but i mean what's the stop if the cap keeps increasing what's to stop the Steelers from just franchising tag franchise tagging Le'Veon Bell for the rest of his career and it's not like the average salary for a running backs going to start to skyrocket either. So right, yeah, and these guys are literally trading years of their lives for this earning potential. I mean, it kind of sucks to give them no choice or options. It super sucks with where they want to play. You know, if you franchise tag the punter, sorry punters, I'm not really worried. If you <laughs> franchise tag someone who touches the ball 350 times a game and runs into other men that are 270 pounds several times a game, like, come on, man, either pay him or let him go. Right. Yep. You can't have your cake and eat it too, Steelers. Deal with it. Another trade that went down uh, went down today. Rams linebacker Alex Ogletree traded to the Giants. Uh, I know this is a fantasy podcast, but fantasy season hasn't technically started yet. So we can talk, we can talk defenses. Who says no? Maybe there's some people out here who play IDP, which is just an absurd thing. Um, but Hey, good on you. If you do, uh, Alec Ogletree, I'm sure is about to get a lot of tackles in New York because the giants don't have linebackers. So there you go. I guess I heard someone else say that this was good. So, (laughs) so we agree. That's the kind of biting commentary that you can come to expect from me when it comes to uh, third, fourth, fifth string uh, linebackers. It is so. it is insight like this is why we were the number one listened to podcast at the NFL Combine. That's right. This is what the coaches want to hear. Let's uh, get to the offense. Yeah. On the topic of the Rams, they tagged safety LaMarcus Joyner. And I know we just we just talked about get to the offense and, and now I'm talking defense again. But I promise you there is a offensive twist to this uh sammy watkins is now a free agent doesn't mean the rams won't re-sign him but sammy watkins is able to test the open market and go where he shall choose uh so something to keep eyes out on we've talked about sammy watkins plenty on this podcast i don't think that there's anything necessarily new at this point that we uh want to throw on but oh don't worry we'll be talking about him again in our next segment (laughs) so many teases uh well then let's i'll just 
finish off the last bullet point from the news, uh, we have the first signing of the offseason, though technically uh, nothing is legit because the offseason starts in March 12th or whatever. So I don't think contracts are legit until then. But uh, Chris Ivory signed a two-year deal with the Buffalo Bills. So there you go. If you care about second to third string running backs. Wait, he didn't sign with the Jets? No, he did not sign with the Jets. He, he got lost. He was he got, on he his was, way. <laughs> he was on his way, then suddenly took the wrong turn and went north instead of south. And he was like, wow, I'm in Buffalo. And they're like, yeah, I guess we'll have you behind uh, LaShawn McCoy. Um, now that we've tackled the news, let's get on to really what everyone came here for. It's free agency beer fest. Oh, what is the malted liquor? What gets you drunk or quicker? What comes in bottles or in cans? Beer. Can't get enough of it. Beer. How we really love it. Beer. Makes me think I'm a man. Beer. I could kiss and hug it, beer. but I'd rather chuck it. Beer. Cut my belly out to here. Beer. I could not refuse it. I could really use a beer. 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 We've done plenty of beer bets on this podcast. Um, we have Clark alluded to this uh, last week's pod that we have outstanding beers uh, that need to be paid. I'm sure at some point we'll do full calculations. Um, but from what I recall off the top of my head with no little prep, uh, I owe everyone a lot of beers. Clark owes less and Jordan owes the least is kind of my rough estimate. I feel like I owe each of you three six packs and maybe Clark owes Jordan one. I have no idea if that's right, but I'm just speculating wildly. That math sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, Maybe Ed Hockley can take over, like, refereeing this since he's no longer an NFL ref. uh, Ed Hockley, (laughs) if in your retirement from NFL refereeing, you want to referee the RB1 podcast beer bets, hey, come on. We we would love to have you as an honorary ref. Um, So anyways, this is before... Before we pay up, this is our, this is my one last chance to make up for all the beers that I owe, uh, a final chance to balance the scales. Um, so if you're new to the show, this is a very straightforward, easy game. Um, we'll each make a couple of free agency predictions, uh, and the others will be will ponder as to whether or not these will come true. Uh, if we agree with whatever prediction was put out there, then great. We pat each other on the back. We all shake hands, uh, and that is that. However, if either one of us, you know, does not believe that the statement will come true. Uh, we take it up and loser owes the other a six pack. Um, and these are for the record cumulative in a sense. Um, so that like, if we are, we'll set the record right now. I owe each Clark and Jordan three, six packs and Clark owes Jordan one six pack. Um, so if I were to win some six packs off of Clark and Jordan, I would just owe them less six packs, which is ultimately my goal here because I need to start making back some of the uh, the awful bets I had uh, for the Super Bowl. That was tough. 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 So uh, let's start off. Uh, let's start with you, Clark, because you have alluded to some very tasty players that the NFL free agency, I'm sure, will be salivating over. Uh, give us your first beer bet that you're wanting to put forward regarding the NFL free agency period. So we just talked about the Rams, and I will pick up where you left off. So Sammy Watkins gets to test free agency here in a couple of days, and to pair him with the beautiful Jimmy Garoppolo, he goes to the 49ers to become the next in line in the Andre Johnson, Julio Jones play-action deep ball offense. And I could not be more excited. That's why my monotone delivery. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
That sounds and it you you've you've phrased that and you've picked a, a team perfectly because obviously you always play the field, right? The the probability that Sammy Watkins actually goes to the 49ers is so small that if I were a professional betting man, I would obviously take you up on this. That being said, I want it to happen. And I feel like if I take you up on it, then I am actively uh, sending out negative vibes into the fantasy universe and the football universe uh, that will thwart this beautiful pairing from happening. So I'm not going to take you up on that. I want Sammy Watkins to go to this 49ers. I want that to happen. Yeah, I um, I wrote down two teams for Sammy Watkins because I just couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Um, the 49ers just makes too much sense. This is where he goes to play for like $11 million this year, just for one year, and then play in the Kyle Shanahan offense and completely revitalize yourself. You got like $70 million for the 49ers in cap space. The thing is, I don't know if they're still looking to use that cap space. I don't know if their timeline is going to allow for that and if they're still looking to, you know, continue dumping veterans and keep on building up through the draft. Um, now that they got Jimmy though, they might want to accelerate that a little bit by bringing in some good veteran receivers. And I mean, Sammy Watkins has only been in the league, what three years now or so oh, more than that. I feel like, I think this was the end of it. So this was his fourth year, I believe. Yeah. Cause no yeah, one picked up his fifth year option. Yep. The research okay. division will work on that while you're discussing it. Yeah, and they still have like a high first round pick this year. But anyway, the second team I wrote down who has just a smidge more cap space and who is notorious for just going out and opening up the checkbook for uh, free agent skill position players are the Indianapolis Colts. This just seems like a move that they would make to get Sammy Watkins his money now rather than making him prove it and earn it and give. Uh, Andrew Luck. I mean, if Andrew Luck is healthy, if Sammy Watkins is healthy, if T.Y. Hilton is healthy, that's a pretty dangerous wide receiver combo to give a guy like Andrew Luck. Are you putting uh, beers on that, or are you just disagreeing with Clark and you are and you will challenge his beer? See, I'm I'm conflicted. You know what? I in the in the spirit of games, I'll just uh, I'll take Indianapolis on that one. I'll counter it. There you go. I like it. Uh, research has just briefed me that this will be Sammy Watkins' fourth, or fifth year in the NFL. He was drafted at age 20. Uh, wow. That is right, you guys. We have multiple other members of this podcast that are not on air, but they are just research. They're just here for research purposes. That and is how expansive of an empire we are. We could not do the show without him. We so could. please, you know. Keep them in your hearts. Please keep it in your hearts. <laughs> uh, I still believe in Sammy Watkins. I didn't see anything last year that made me think that he lost a step. I just saw him not being used. And the biggest thing to me is that he made it through the whole year without getting hurt. I know that's not a huge accomplishment for some people, but so far it's been the only thing that's been able to hold Sammy Watkins back. So hopefully his feet are better, ankles better, and he's going to go to a team that really wants to feature them. Uh, and on the salary cap situation for the 49ers they have a ton of room this year but if uh over the cap is accurate and it, and it usually is they're paying garoppolo something like 34 million all guaranteed this year and then 
only seven and a half million guaranteed in year two on about a $24 million deal. And then for the next three years, he has no guaranteed money at about 23 or 24 million a year. What a fantastic move by the Niners. What a good contract. That is, that is an absurdly good contract for the 49ers as an organization. If If you can, can, right. If you can get out from under Jimmy Garoppolo's contract in three years, because whatever, you know, you made him the highest paid quarterback player ever. And if you can get out from under that contract in three years, that is some master manipulating by uh, John Lynch. And that, yeah, and if he that, if he does well, you're gonna he's going to be paying for what at the time will be a discounted price when you're trying to build for a Super Bowl. This will be right. his third, fourth, fifth year with the team. So, I think they're trying to spend some money this year, and I think they can go out and they can afford the toy. They got their tax return, they got their bonus at the same time. You know. The, they probably want to save some money, but they're going to go buy themselves something nice. And I think that's going to be Sammy. Um, my first beer bet is another toy that I'm calling my shot on that the 49ers will get. Uh, because just like how Clark is putting this out, putting out Sammy Watkins into the universe so that it happens. I'm putting this pairing out into the universe so that it happens. Uh, my first beer bet is Dion Lewis is going to the Bay Area to play for Kyle Shanahan in that offense. And I love this because of two things. One, uh, Dion is the perfect running back for that offense. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's one of the most elusive backs in the NFL. And no one schemes better for running backs than Kyle Shanahan. He's back with his buddy Jimmy G. And my other reason for this is because it's my obligatory Clark loves Dion Lewis pick. And I know that he's going to have trouble making a decision on this, which I always love putting him in tormented situations. I don't really have many qualms with that. I think Dion Lewis would fit really well in San Francisco, especially if he's going to play with somebody. Maybe he did a few practice reps with when Jimmy was in New England all those years. Um, I don't know. For me, it's kind of hard to gauge where, where running backs are going to go, especially if they might not be like, the lead guy so i don't know yes <laughs> so you're agreeing with me so you think that this is happening yeah i'll, I'll agree with it all right i think it's a solid move for both sides the only problem with this pick is that it's stupid and you're wrong yes give me that beer clark Dion lewis is going to keep the new england to houston highway hot and well-traveled Lamar Miller got cut. I think we're going to see some Deion Lewis in Houston. 95% because I want it to happen. If Deion Lewis gets me a beer off of Clark, that will probably be the greatest thing he's ever done in his career. I am so excited by this. This could not have worked out better. Yeah, so I'm disagreeing, but uh, kidding aside, if Deion Lewis went to the Niners and they didn't draft anybody highly, I... I would have a really hard time not picking him early in the second round. Oh, you and everyone would so hate me. Early. It would I wouldn't be... have to. Uh. <laughs> it would be so Clark would be sitting there at like what would be like two oh nine. Like two six. And yeah. I'm just like two six oh, Shanahan, bullets. Dion Lewis, Jimmy G. I I punch it. I'm putting the sticker up on the board. Oh, I love it. Uh Jordan, give us your first beer bet for the fa- uh off season. Uh, can I choose? No, that's it's too easy. I was gonna say Muhammad Wilkerson to Green Bay. <laughs> Do it. 
I'm gonna challenge. I'll challenge you on that. I will. I really? will. I will put a beer on that. Yep. All right. I'm going Muhammad Wilkerson to Green Bay. All my sources tell me that uh, he has landed. Jordan whipping out the sources and putting it on the table. He has landed in Green Bay. He is going to dinner with a bunch of coaches, including former coach Mike Pettin, uh, somewhere in Green Bay tonight. I, I tweeted out for all the Green Bay folks to get out there and go buy him just a ton of old fashions. Um, but then tomorrow is his actual team meeting. And I think it says a lot that we know exactly what his scheduling is looking like that we haven't really heard of what his next visit will be. And just the Petten connection, I think it's a little bit too easy. And I think Brian Gutekunst, the the new Packers GM, he wants to make a bold move right away to, to solidify himself and to endure himself to the fans. I like it. Uh, also, this just in from the research department, so some listeners know, apparently an old-fashioned is also a kind of drink. Wait, people don't know that? <laughs> That's a Wisconsin delicacy. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, I've obviously heard all the rumors. My sources have told me this as well, too. So we all have sources here on this podcast. Um, again, here, I'm just playing the field because you always play the field. But also, it would be a very bold move from kind of what green bay has kind of established themselves on not only just from not really making splashes and free agency but also they tend to try to bring in very high character people um and muhammad wilkerson is not one of those people um and so that would be it would be a departure from the old regime which i'm all for i mean muhammad wilkerson a we talked about this on last week's pod a focused and motivated Muhammad Wilkerson makes any defense better and would instantly just give the uh, green Bay, a ferocious pass rusher in the middle, as well as a violent run stuff stuffer. I'm just, I just, I don't know if the Packers are willing to sell their soul to the devil for this, for this move. Who knows? I like the idea. It's always hard to tell if someone who's flashed early and then not done well lately that plays on a team like the jets, like did they just get, frustrated because if you hate your job it, no matter how high your integrity is no matter how hard you're working like your performance is going to suffer if you're just getting killed all of the time so this would be a huge move a defensive end that can get to their quarterback is one of those rare players that can really change a defense all of a sudden your corners get a little bit better all of a sudden your linebackers get a little bit better uh, so it would be a big move they've got some room and offense is set so yeah go out and get a good big defensive piece see my my counter to the wilkerson character deal is that at least he's not like a, a jailbird which i mean the packers do actually have a slight problem with people getting arrested it's just probably not as magnified across the league as some of your more high profile like dallas cowboy issues but People forget that Charles Woodson, before he came over to, from Oakland to Green Bay, he was kind of in the same boat. Like he had motivation issues and his, for lack of a better phrase, his character was just, it, it was making other teams a little bit weary. And Green Bay is not a place that Charles Woodson even really wanted to go until he was kind of talked into revitalizing his career there. So Mohammed, I think you could do the same. I know you're listening, bud. 
Everyone listens. I'm gonna I'm gonna join you, Jordan. Why not? Let's be bold. I say it is gonna happen. Uh, Clark, give us your second uh, NFL free agency beer bet. So I'm I'm trying to stick with the huge names because that's my favorite thing about the offseason are the big free agent moves, and we have some good ones. So in other wide receiver moves, Allen Robinson heads to the Pacific Northwest and is the new toy for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. This one? Yeah, they, they have no cap and they have no money, but I'm just they're just going to find a way to make <laughs> it happen. But it's just going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, hey, man, getting Richard Sherman off your books, and if you're trading Earl Thomas and maybe Cam Chancellor retires, you, you could you could free up some cap space there to maybe make something work. I, I'm i going to take you on this, too. Uh, I just think that I I love your idea, and I think that a Allen Robinson-Russell Wilson duo would be fantastic. I Two things. One, I have a hard time thinking that the Jaguars are going to let Allen Robinson leave. Um, and secondly, I also just think I think that there are other teams out there who are so wide receiver needy. I think that there is going to be a, a market for him despite coming off of injury. So I and like you said, the Seahawks just don't have cap space to make moves. Uh, and I don't think wide receiver is their number one most pressing issue. So I'm going to take you up on this. Um, so just playing around with the calculator here on over the cap, even with actually with cutting Richard Sherman, the Seahawks still have about 24 million in cap space, but they would then have a false left. advertising by Clark then. God damn it. <laughs> they you would totally have, do that to coax me into this. You son of a bitch. They would still though have about eight roster spots to fill. Um, Cam Chancellor, oh, I can't do Cam Chancellor retiring, sorry. Um, but Cliff Averill, maybe, if he retires, they could Jordan, save a little bit this, money there. to the research team to handle. They'll come to you with the data. I know. I, I wish we would have hit this before the pod. I got to hit up <laughs> fake team stats and research. But I, I feel like the Seahawks aren't even going to sign Paul Richardson. So I, I think they're not going to bring in Allen Robinson. And one of my beer bets was going to be that Allen Robinson is signing with the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Another wide receiver needy team. Pretty much the same reason for the Colts is they just love to try to take big swings at receivers to at least give them something. They did that with Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, just, I mean, the list goes on and on for them. It's almost like Cleveland Browns and their, their quarterbacks. They just keep on trying. Steve Smith was a hit though. The, the only reason I think that, that's not going to happen is because Allen Robinson's really good. And the Ravens got like accidentally signed Steve Smith. And then that's about it. <laughs> it was completely by accident. They're all like, Oh shit. Steve Smith's on our team. How did this happen? They thought like, they were signing the Ted Ginn. <laughs> yeah. He was old. We were paying him too much money. He'd had a couple of bad years. We thought he was our kind of man, but he had was his career. We, thought we were getting a trash guy. And he suddenly was good. What happened? Um, I agree with Clark. I don't think I'm going to take you. I'm going to, I'm going to get beers off of the both of y'all. I'm going to start making back the beers. I owe with Allen Robinson single-handedly. Um, I'll take you, uh, Jordan on the one, him going to Baltimore, because I could see, I could see Baltimore not wanting to invest that much money at the position. And instead for whatever dumbass reason, thinking that, Hey, you know, what would be great. Torrey Smith reunion. He just won a Super Bowl. He's a great receiver. Let's bring him back in Baltimore. 
That's I think I think they're going to do something dumb like that, where they're just going to pretend that like a, a pass Raven receiver is going to be their answer. Ooh, I do have to say, a man, I kind of want to rescind this now, but I won't because I am a gentleman. But the Ravens have like five million dollars in cap space. So. <laughs> Beers for me. I don't know how that's going to work out, but hey, maybe they can do it. Who knows? I don't think Tory Smith on like a two and a half million dollar deal for one year would be too bad. No, but I, I think that's I think that's a move it. that the Ravens are much more likely to make than sign Allen Robinson to a even a one year prove it deal because that's still going to be investing a fair amount of capola uh, into him. It is in line with their let's go ahead and sign someone who's not especially good model. Exactly. It's true. It is. It is. Uh my second beer bet is this is a, a kind of vague one that I'm just kind of putting out there and you can make the specifications, whatever you kind of deem them to be. And we can discuss, but my second beer bet is that there will be at least one trade that melts the internet. And I'm kind of thinking along the lines of like Brandon cook last year, where it's like a young stud player. Who's probably still on either his rookie contract or just on a, on a second year contract that gets traded for big capital. Like, not Earl Thomas getting traded because that's kind of all leading up to it. And Earl Thomas is, you know, getting older and blah, 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 blah. And maybe we'll get like a fourth round. I'm talking like a franchise altering NFL changing trade. I love it. Pete, I want to take this ride with you. And the yes. way I'm kind of thinking about it, and I'll propose this to the group, is we're looking for either two kind of, like you said, Brandon Cook's level, like stars or a, a first round pick. Yep. Something I'll like take that. It. I, I'm with you. Awesome, Clark. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jordan, join the dark side. Join it. Well, I don't think it's going to be Jadeffy and Clowney. I'm saying just a, a, <laughs> a crazy melting internet trade. Either a but, young star player or a first-round pick gets traded. I, I will definitely join the dark side there. Yes. I will be actively rooting for it because that's just... That's what makes the NBA fun, and that's what makes other sports fun. Like, I mean, maybe baseball, if you're into that sort of thing. But football <laughs> needs a little bit of Major this shade at baseball. <laughs> I think that football needs a little bit of this injection here. They need a little bit of excitement. They need football to be more of a year-round sport. And I can definitely see, especially with the way I've been looking at QBs in the draft and grading QBs in the draft. I think somebody's going to want to make a deal in order to go up and grab one. A team that perhaps isn't ready but has like a really good young player, I can definitely see them wanting to just move up and like the Buffalo Bills, for instance. They have two draft picks in the first round, but I don't know if they're getting their franchise QB way back there. Um, and you were talking, I think you were talking about this at the start of the podcast, where it's just like when we were talking about the Seahawks. It's tough to kind of rebuild the team when you're constantly picking towards the end of each round. And I think that is a trend. We And we've talked about this on prior shows. It's a trend in the NFL where teams with those late round picks are willing to give them up for uh, defined talent on cheap contracts, right? The Patriots did it with Brandon Cooks. Um, Sammy Watkins is another example that that happened, and uh, I feel like someone else just happened, but I am spacing on who it is. I think the was the Marcus Peters trade. Was that a second? Marcus the, Peters, the yep. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think I think we're seeing that more and more where these kinds of things are happening, and so uh, and so I'm all for it. I think this is how teams 
are starting to view, particularly in that back end, right? If you've got picks between 27 and 32, they're starting to see those picks as like, well, I could either get a rookie um, who's unproven and is not a blue chip player, who's not a plug and play guy, maybe, or I could trade that for someone who I know who has had two or three years of success in the NFL, who's maybe in a sticky situation in their current team, or the team is not likely to resign them once their rookie contract is over. Let's get them in house and let's see what we can do with them. I think that's the trend. I found my guy that I think should get traded. Let's hear it. Close your ears, Cowboys fans. It's Des Bryant. Oh well, yeah. Ooh. He, he has uh, two years left on his deal. So not a lot of dead money, but if they cut him this year, it'll be about eight million in dead money, and then next year is still four million in dead money, and they need all the cap relief they could get. So I think, hey, if you're a team towards the back of the draft and you're looking to add a big target, somebody who really kind of needs to prove himself again. Des Bryant. I don't, I don't even think he'll cost a first round. I think you can was, get him for like a third or a second. I was about to say, it, it seems like something the bears would do with their like <laughs> second, second round pick. Yeah. Just take the money. And that would, I would count that for our bet. Des Bryant's one of the, I mean, that's even a, though that's he's a big move. A, yeah. He's, that's he's a big move. A that is, that here. is a franchise altering move for the Brown, uh, for the bears, because if they make that move, suddenly now you have a legit number one receiver who has something to prove. Who's got a chip on his shoulder playing for Mitchell Trubisky. And suddenly now you've got at least a mildly potent offense there in Chicago. Yeah. And, one last thing on, on top of, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jordan. Oh, I was just going to say, and he just doesn't fit with what the Cowboys want to do right. right now. So yeah. And one last thing on the, the trading, uh, uh it's just a great deal for everyone. When you're picking, like you said, 27 to 32, you're a piece away. That's how you got the 22nd or 32nd pick. Mm -hmm. Another team can trade an asset for that fifth year option that they're going to get. And it's a gamble for everyone. You may only have a two year rental for your first round pick, but on, on top of it, making things very interesting. I think the Patriots, a lot of times are kind of the first movers on these things. And other people are seeing like, Oh crap, I would rather have Brandon cooks for two years than question mark for five. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, who, who got picked in the last four or five picks of the first round this year that you were like, yeah, I'd rather have that guy than Brandon cooks. Come on. The Patriots were like the first team to realize this. And I was glad when the Packers decided to do this last year is that if you're picking like, 27 through 32 you might as well be in the second round anyway right. like it's kind of a it just depends on your big board at that point mm -hmm. yep uh all right uh jordan give us your third and final nfl beer bet so i wrote several down and now i'm trying to figure out which one i want to go with i'm gonna go with the controversial one yes <laughs> Always about controversy. It involves Mr. Kirk Cousins. We talked about him at the top of the podcast, choosing where to go. A lot of talk about the Vikings, but as you guys know, through the Slack channel, I was doing some some of my favorite things to do, and that's playing around with the salary cap calculator. The Vikings, I don't see it working out very well. They have way too many contracts. I was doing some shuffling and I was able to get like Trey Wayans, Stefan Diggs, Anthony Barr, along with Kirk Cousins under the under the cap for the next two years. But then you still have like Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks and it's just it's a crapshoot at that point. So I'm going Kirk Cousins to the New York football jets. 
because they have space and they have the will to give that sort of guaranteed money to a franchise quarterback. This is so tough because you're a hundred percent right. <laughs> and that, and just like my heart tells me that if it is not the Vikings, the the Jets are just going to pay Kirk Cousins a billion dollars guaranteed because I think they need it. I think Kirk Cousins for years, he's been thirsting to be the guy for a team. And Washington wasn't giving that to him. He was drafted after RG3. And if he goes to like a Minnesota or a Denver or an Arizona, he's still not going to be the guy. But New York, he will be the guy in New York. And he can go play with Todd Bowles. Out of courtesy to Kirk Cousins, I say no, he does not go to the gym. <laughs> That would be so sad. He has wanted to be the man in your right and your cap research makes great sense. But when teams want a guy, they can find a way to get it. Minnesota does have some wiggle room. So I think they can move things around with the cap getting bigger every year. They can figure out how to do it. And I think Kirk Cousins, more than wanting to be the man, wants to prove people wrong. And a lot of people still think that he's not that great. Uh And I think that totally make wildly speculating about what this other person who I've never met thinks. If he goes to New York, they're still going to be terrible. He's if Aaron Rodgers went to New York, they would be terrible for at least the next couple of years. So I think with Minnesota, he has a chance to make 85, 90% of the money and go to a team that is, is very good and wants him and wants him to be the man. So, I mean, personally, if I could go work for a waste management company and make a little bit more than working for a, you know, Lamborghini test driver. I'll take the Lamborghini <laughs> test driver job. You know, I don't need all of the money. It's comparable. Hey, to be fair, the Jets did start off a pretty scrappy three and four last year. So, I mean, and that was with uh, McCown. I'm I'm going to take all time, man. I'm going to take you. I'm going to take you, Jordan, as well. I'll I'll take I'll put a beer on this too, uh, because for two reasons, I agree with everything Clark said. I know I, I, a part of me still believes that I think if the Vikings don't land Kirk Cousins, I do think that the Jets are number one behind them. Um, but also in watching the NFL Combine and listening to Rich Eisen talk, I'm starting to, and, I, and as much as an absurd statement as this is coming from a Patriots fan, I'm starting to fall in love with the idea of Baker Mayfield to the Jets. Because I think Baker Mayfield has the kind of swag, charisma, and zero shits given that the Jets need, especially in a division where you're playing against the Patriots every year, twice. I think you need a quarterback who's going to have like an attitude and a personality and is going to come in there and being like, hey, you know what? I'm going to, when we beat the Patriots, I'm going to take the flag of of New Jersey and I'm going to stab it in the middle of uh, Foxborough. Deal with it. I don't know how any NFL player that's going to get picked in the top 10 would not pull the Browns and Jets GM aside privately and say, I am never going to play for you. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to ruin the value. But pulling the Bo Jackson, do not pick me. Why would you go to either one of these franchises? I, I just don't understand. Why I would rather go. I would rather go to the Jets than to go to the Browns. Yeah, it, pull it, an it, Manning. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. look, and and how that turned out. Yeah, pretty turned good. out pretty good. Pretty you good. Know? Turned out pretty cool good for everyone. Sides. 
I don't think the Jets are necessarily as bad as the Browns. I mean, at least the Jets have some history of success. Like they were in the playoffs, you know, not too long ago. With Mark Sanchez. So yeah, like okay. it can be done with, with a pretty, uh, pretty bad quarterback under center. But definitely the Browns. Pull them aside. I'm not oh, going to say anything to anybody, but I will not play for you. So don't do not do that. Don't do that. Uh, Clark, give us your final uh, NFL free agency beer bet. Uh, so this one's not quite as saucy as the other one. Uh, I had Dion Lewis to Houston, but we've already worked that one in. I'm going to go nice and simple, keep it on the fantasy bent, and Very say nice. that Carlos Hyde replaces Doug Martin in Tampa Bay. Oh, oh, oh. I'm 100% on board with that. I... I will will not challenge you on that, Clark. I am going to send positive vibes and wavelengths to that pairing as well. I love that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the Bucks will be in the market for a solid running back. And by all accounts, it seems like they're the only team that's willing to draft uh, Notre Dame guard Quentin Nelson in the top 10. And I think all around they could have themselves a nice little offseason with that pairing. Yeah, I agree. I'm sorry. I'm not going to bet against it. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I like it I, so with so with other bets, I want it to be controversial and I want people to say no. But when we're guessing where a free agent is going, I feel like it's better. Like if you yeah. can mention something and everyone's like, wait, yeah, I feel like that's the win. That's a success type of the game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. My final beer bet is. This is my uh, my super uber specific beer bet that if I am right, I'm going to look like a goddamn genius. And if I'm wrong, everyone's going to be like, Peter, why did you make such a dumb, dumb beer bet? This is why you are three in the hole to everyone. But here we go. Making it all back. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins' total contract, okay? The biggest number that is released involving his contract will be greater than the total contracts of Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater combined. Yeah. I, I agree. That. Yeah. You guys I... are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to get beer back if you both agree with me? I uh, just I don't think Keenum or Bradford or Bridgewater, who are all solid backup quarterbacks, are worth thirty million guaranteed. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say is like over two hundo. And I'm like, Ooh. bold. I that don't know bold. where to go that on that one. I thought this was bold. The thing is, is, I've even done the calculations. And I should have, when I did the calculations and like all kind of worked out, I should have been like, shit, this is my sign that I need to I need to up the ante here. Um, but I thought it was a nice little thing. I thought it was nice that the three quarterbacks coming from Minnesota were going to make less money total than Kirk Cousins is going to make uh, this and for the next extent of their contracts. I, just, I think Case Keenum is going to get underpaid. I don't think he's going to ha- you think he's going to have a surprisingly low market. Sam Bradford is always going to make money because for whatever reason, NFL coaches just love the guy. Uh, and I think Bridgewater is going to get a, a small one-year prove-it deal. And so I think ultimately, I mean, if Kirk Cousins' total is upwards of $130 million, uh, that's an absurd amount of money that Case Keenum, Sam Bradford, and Teddy Bridgewater all have to make combined in order to rival that. Well, the thing for me, too, is that I agree Bridgewater is probably going to get a one-year proof-it deal, but I also think that Sam Bradford has been fleecing teams for years, and he has made millions of dollars, that I think he would be willing to take a discount to a team in which he can go like improve himself all over again, or at least be in a chance to, to be competitive for a, a playoff run. There you go. Beautiful. 
We've got our free agency beer bets out in the open now, so we can track those, and we will track those uh, throughout the whole process just to see uh, if I will be able to dig myself out of the hole that I've put myself in or if I'll just be tacking on more beers that I owe you guys, and suddenly you guys are going to just be drowning in alcohol, and you won't even be able to drink all of the beers that I'll send. But I'm a man of my word, and I'll still send it. Um, To wrap up the pod, we are going to introduce a new segment. Um. And this is just our our vain attempt in uh, a, appealing to a wider audience. We're we're selling out here in a way, you know. We want to cover kind of. Uh, we're not just a sports podcast. Uh, we talk about many things. Uh, and so the new segment is called Kudos and Pudos. Um, and so it's just a simple segment where we share something we liked this week uh, and something that we haven't liked this week. Uh, so a kudo and a pudo. And I'll start just to kind of give a, a sense of how things roll. Uh, my kudo for this week is to Peaky Blinders, which is an amazing show on Netflix uh, about a gang in very old England. Uh, Everything about it is amazing. It has phenomenal soundtrack. The acting is amazing. The story is amazing. Uh, In season two, Tom Hardy appears, who's like my goddamn love man. I freaking love (laughs) Tom Hardy. He can't do any wrong in my eyes. Uh, And so him just appearing in the show is amazing. It's all if you if you enjoy British gangster movies, which I love, um, then it's like the perfect show for you uh, on Netflix. Peaky Blinders. Uh, Superb. Absolutely superb. Uh, Becca and I have been just binge watching it and it, it lives up to every single ounce of scrutiny that you can throw at it. Beautiful show. Highly recommend. Yeah. Guy from 28 Days Later in it. It. It d- yeah it does Woo! look at clark with pop culture references uh excellent well uh jordan give us your first kudo of, or your your kudo this week do you have a kudo this week uh yeah so i'm going to stick with hollywood as well um my kudo for the week is going to go to one of my favorite actors and future oscar winner michael b jordan mm-hmm. um not only is he continually winning in black panther but today just today he announced that he was going to have an inclusion rider in all of his contracts um basically what that means is that it's going to provide more equity between male and female actors when they're signing on for movies um which i think is a great move because it's really kind of up to the male actors themselves to allow female actors to get what they're worth because i i mean money's kind of something that not just actors don't really want to talk about amongst themselves but like people in general i don't really discuss my salary with random people i don't know um so so it's can be kind of unseen if a a woman gets paid significantly less than their co-star and we've seen that over the past year and i mean props to michael b jordan for being one of the first people to take that step and um, I, I'm betting we're going to see a lot of it because people are going to, I mean, as bad as it sounds, want the good PR, but hopefully their heart's in the right place. Also, he is just a beautiful man. Yes, he is fantastic. Have you guys heard the story about him wanting to replace a girl's retainer? No. <laughs> the, like par- himself or to pay for it? To Well, to pay he for it. He just wants to pay oh. her retainer. He's like, just, like put, just put me in your mouth and I'll fix your teeth. Oh, girl, I was just thinking like him with the pliers and some oh. bailing wire. And it's just like, <laughs> just, girl, I can do this for you. A girl I'm on B. Jordan. 
a girl on Twitter tweeted about how she like snapped her retainer when Michael B. Jordan took his shirt off in Black Panther <laughs> and he caught wind of it and he's like, sorry for doing that. I will replace it for you if you want. <laughs> oh my God. What a man. What a guy. Classic. What a stud. It's awesome. Clark, what's your kudo for the week? Uh, so we had the primary for the midterm elections down here in Texas this week. It's a pretty big deal for you politically active folks. It's one of the first ones, so it's something that a lot of people look to to kind of gauge how things are going to go for the rest of the country. Uh, Texas is very, very Republican, and I live in the most Democratic area in it of Austin, so good mix here. Uh, I didn't know where I was registered to vote and went anyway and just want to say kudos to the poll workers who helped sort everything out for me. These people are volunteers. Uh, they get paid nothing or very little. Uh, they don't care who you vote for. They take time out of their days to help facilitate it. Uh, and the ones working the polls where I voted were, were just fantastic. So my, my kudos goes to all those poll workers out there. And now let's get to kudos. Let's get angry. I guess we should have done it the other way. We should have ended on a happier note. It would have been much better to have Wait, ended just, on Clark's Just edit it. You're right. Just, just edit, edit it. it. Just, just, just it make around. it so that it's this way. Because uh, it would have been much nicer to have ended on Clark's nice note to pollsters as opposed to now all of us ending on just ranting about things we've hated this week. Uh, my pudos this week is to all of the Josh Rosen hate. And I know we I know we said we weren't going to – it didn't need to be sports related. But this has been – irking me for the entire week we spent last week talking about all of the ridiculousness of of lamar jackson being uh oh we want to work him out as wide receiver bullshit <clears throat> this is also stupid this is equally stupid evidently nfl peeps uh ha- are worried about josh rosen who's one of the uh top quarterback prospects everyone has been saying that he's anyone who is a draft who kn- who knows their shit has been saying that he's the the best thrower of the football whatever that means uh in this draft but Everyone's, I guess, a bunch of people are worried um, because evidently he has interests outside of football. That football, he plays football, he loves football, but he also, uh, he's anti-Trump and he's pro-Earth, which, you know, he's actually a smart person who cares about, you know, the future of humanity. And I guess somehow that's a detriment to him. Somehow NFL owners and scouts are like, well, uh, do we really want him on our team if he's thinking about the earth and global society and all of these high level thinking things? I just want him to think about football. Um, Garbage take, garbage trash take. If I, I, it blows my mind that you would want in your, in the, especially at the quarterback position, which is so seen as like the face of a franchise, right? I couldn't think of a better person. If this is his stance, if these are his like thoughts and he's opinionated and he has smart constructed views about the world, that seems to me like the perfect choice. You have someone who, who is, who is uh, charismatic and, and has an opinion and is willing to share that opinion. And it's an educated opinion. And you put that as the face of your franchise. Now, suddenly you have a fan base that, uh, that is supporting you and, and you, you're appealing to the masses. I don't understand this take that. It's like, Oh, he doesn't care about football. It's not his number one priority. It's not the Jamal Adams. I'm going to die on the football field. It's like, what? Uh, it's preposterous. It's a trash take. So all the Josh Rosen hate. If you, if you, if the team does not dra- draft Josh Rosen in the top whatever four rounds or four picks, um, four rounds, four picks purely because of the fact that he has other interests like the longevity of Earth, um, you garbage, you garbage. So there's my pudos. Yeah, the 
two things on the Josh Rosen hate. One, one of the best comparisons I've actually heard is that it's a little like Aaron Rodgers and that they're both kind of like California cool kids who don't really seem phased by too much. And people like question them about, well, are they fiery enough? Are they passionate enough? And two, this is just another example of the NFL wanting their players to be like robots and eat, breathe, sleep, drink football when the NFL season lasts for literally a quarter of the year, maybe a little bit longer than that. Like what else are they supposed to do and think about and care about for the other, you know, nine to eight months of the year? Like, and then when they're out of the NFL at age 30, sometimes without a finished degree, what else are they? Like, yeah. What are they supposed to do with the rest of their life? Like, exactly. Hey, if you want, if you want a player to only care about football, then pay them and B, give them benefits to the point where if they retire at 30, then they don't need to worry about anything else until they are, you know, dead. You should you should want a smart, inquisitive, especially quarterback who wants to contribute and give back to the community in a meaningful way. So that's a dumb trash take. It's anyway, a dumb take. Dumb take. There's my pudos. Yeah, I'm with y'all. I have a little bit more on that idea in my thing. So Ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm well, let's you. go right into you. Clark, give us your pudos. Okay, uh, so this was spurned by uh, Pete and Jordan spreading a salacious, horrible story that Jadavian Clowney may <laughs> be traded to the to the Patriots. Uh, and this is something that it, it, there is a there is a lot of bad journalism out there. And when you guys tweeted this to me, I got really upset that this was a story and I thought it was really stupid and I knew you guys were kidding with me. So I wasn't mad at you, but I started thinking of like, if I engaged with someone online about this story, I would immediately be ignoring everything that they were saying and just shouting them down for being stupid. And that's the point that we've gotten to with a lot of our media. So even though this was a stupid story about football, we, I mean, I, at least I, I'm trying really hard to not just react to salacious things that I hear because now we know that other countries are like paying a bunch of money to write things that are inflammatory and not true. So my, my pudos is to bad journalism and sh self shaming myself for reacting to it because by clicking on it and by buying into it and by retweeting it and spreading it, you're becoming part of the problem. So if you hear something that makes you really upset, it it may be worthy of making you upset, but try giving it just a second and thinking about it before you get mad online about it. Yeah, that's a pudos we need to carry for ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and, and Clark, I know you said you, but it's not just you. I definitely also am like... I see some sort of like the Josh Rosen takes. Right. And like, and I, I agree <laughs> like with literally this whole point of the Pudos. Yeah. Jordan, let's wrap this up. Wrap this up. Despite what Clark just said, get angry about something. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's wrap this podcast up with some ferocity. So mine's a little bit more, I guess, personal to me and maybe my beliefs, but I think there's a grain of knowledge that we can all take from this. Are the, Today, like this kind of, or maybe not today, maybe yesterday, they got buried in the news. 17 Democrat Democrats joined the Republican delegation to vote to overturn parts of Dodd-Frank, which is a 
piece of legislation that was put in place after the economy nearly self-destructed and blew up um, about 10 years ago. That's being generous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I, I know it's not the entire thing. It's only portions, but it just makes me wonder and it makes me angry as somebody who may have voted or supported some of these Democrats in the past is like, this is not what you are elected for. And it's kind of, it drives me nuts, not just for Democrats, but for politicians as a whole that even, or especially now this day and age, they're not realizing how quickly people are um, getting banding together, how quickly they're mobilizing. And I'm just like, you guys will be replaced. Like it doesn't matter if there is a D or an R next to your name. If you're not voting in the interests of your constituents and voting in the interests of who may be donating some money to your campaign, then that is going to start being a larger problem. It already starts to alienate independence, but I think it's going to start alienating people on both sides of the aisle. Like start voting in the interest of the people that you represent and for your own, uh, your own platform, like things you say you believe in and don't, don't negotiate something that something so dangerous like this, which Dodd-Frank is supposed to help protect consumers, i.e. the American people, the average Joes and Janes on the street. And this, it, it makes me frustrated. And I, 2018, it's a year of elections. So kudos to them. Kudos. Kudos. Good job. Uh, excellent. Well, there you go, you guys. Um, we'll be back at you next week. Uh, so make sure, you know, we'll be keeping track of all of our beer bets and all of the NFL fan free agency action. If you want to follow along, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. And follow Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, subscribe like review do all of those great things on itunes we're also on soundcloud if for whatever reason that is how you get your podcasts or music or whatever um so you can subscribe to us on soundcloud and we will be back at your beautiful ears next week for a delightful discussion about maybe some breaking nfl news Woohoo! let's hope for lots of trades and let's hope Fingers crossed, Dion Lewis to San Francisco. It's happening, baby. Wrap it up. Jadavian Fountain's also getting traded. Peace! I know. I just I just push buttons.